Hello, my amazing, beautiful, powerful humans. Welcome to another episode of the Self Love Effect podcast, where we strive to be our authentic self, inspiring not only ourselves to be better every day, but those around us. And so for today's episode, I do have a very special guest sitting right next to me. It's actually the first podcast I've had someone sit next to me for, it's been a while. So, but we're going to start off the year strong. And before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to take a second to read a message that I received on Friday on Instagram, and it states, So I have been in a really bad place for a couple of years now. I started a few months ago taking baby steps back in the right direction. Just last week, I found your podcast and I can only say you have lifted my soul. You literally breathe life, life, life back into me. I can't tell you how grateful I am to have had the realization that I didn't love myself for so long. I went to search for a podcast and chose yours. I actually was drawn to your vulnerable photo you posted. I started listening and every single word was spot on. I now have a home here with you. Thank you for your dedication to this podcast because you really are helping people. I'm one of them. It's so nice to meet you. And it's so nice to meet you. It is amazing how our words, when we are vulnerable, can inspire those around us. But you guys, just to let you know, you guys are all welcome here. This is a place where... We strive to build a platform where each of you can be your authentic self and continue to share your stories, if not here on the podcast, but with those around you, because someone right now now needs to hear your story. It will inspire them. You know, we don't know what the person next to us is going through, but sometimes just having the strength to share, we have the ability to change another person's life. So with me today, I have a friend and a mother. She is a wife and just a beautiful individual inside and out. And I actually had the complete pleasure um, to have her as my second transformer on the app. And she just has been a light. She may not know this, but although she has shared her vulnerabilities with me, that it has inspired me to be stronger. It has inspired me to be a better person and to know my own strengths and to really put one foot in front of the other and just take it day by day. So with me today, I have Miss Bethany Vaughn. Welcome to the Self Love Effect podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. You're going to make me cry. So today we're going to not only talk about, you know, your story, But, you know, the goal is to inspire others because I feel like your story is so impactful on so many levels. You were diagnosed with depression, PTSD. You suffered an eating disorder, which was binge eating. And you say that food is your crutch. Um, And the most, you know, I, I think that what I'm about to say, not many people can do this because it's very hard and it's in a sense, it's vulnerable to put yourself out there, to say it out loud, to say that you have a problem, to say that you need help. But today marks 286 days that you've been sober. So congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, 
<clears throat> okay, I'm even getting emotional over here. But before we go any further and I allow Bethany the floor to talk to us and just, you know, uh, speak whatever is on her heart to share with us about her story. I want you guys to close your eyes and repeat after me. I have done it before and I can do it again. I can, I will. I see the positive possibilities. I redirect my frustration, my doubt, and my fear turning it into an unstoppable determination to reclaim my power. I am an unstoppable force of nature that thrives in all areas of life. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. All right, Bethany. So wherever you feel you want to start, you know, just share with us um, from the beginning or wherever you think best. um, And we'll just, you know, I'll just hear along and talk whenever I need to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess the question would really be, do you more so like on my weight loss journey, the sobriety, what do you want to hear first? And let's talk a little bit about what got you, you know, to want to become sober in the first place. What part of like, were you, is it because your girls, it was there a moment in time where you just felt like, this is it. Like I need to get my shit together. Something needs to change. You know, what led you there? Because obviously some form of self-love appreciation got you to want to change your life around. Okay. Um, and I'm probably going to cry. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think in today's world and so alcohol was, was my, choice. Like that's the only thing that I've ever tried. Um, but in this day and age, that's just what everybody does, whether it's to calm themselves down or, you know, to fill a party or any of that. And it's so interesting because when we celebrate kids' birthdays, it's, there's always alcohol there. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is for a kid, you know, and here we are, you know, who's got the booze. Right. And, um, so for me, it was a turning point when, um, the alcohol may, well, alcohol makes your depression worse and anxiety worse on top of all of that. And it got to the point, I'm doing this already, where I would think about what would happen if I just drove into the wrong side of the road. Sorry. And not many people know that. Um, And then I would just go home and drink more. Um, I was functioning. So, you know, I'd go to work and nobody would have a clue. And then I'd go home and pour a glass and and then the glass turned into two and then turned into three. Um, you know, my girls would want to sit with me and I just wouldn't want to be around anyone. Um, sorry. Nope, you're fine. So um, it just got to the point where I was like, there's something wrong. You know, people aren't supposed to be like this. They're not supposed to be wanting to come home to something to drink versus something like so amazing as my children who I'm so blessed to have. And I have an amazing husband who has supported me through this a million times over. Um, You know, we went to, it, it's just little things. So when we went to, we go to uh, New, New York, <laughs> we go to Vegas for our anniversary every mm-hmm. single year. 
and we were celebrating our anniversary. And the first thing that the waiter does is bring champagne to our table. And at this point I was, I think five, four months sober. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my husband was like, I don't, you know, I don't even know what he's like, I said, I don't want it. And so he downed it. So the guy wouldn't feel awful, you know, and then right. of course, you know, we order a mocktail so yeah. I can ha- enjoy the dinner, but it's just those things like it is so ingrained of this is mommy culture that you have wine. Mm. Everything you do is wine. I used to sell Cinegens. And so we would have lip and sip parties where we literally would just, you drank and people would get tipsy and then buy stuff and that they didn't necessarily yeah. need. And I know that sounds awful, but that's what people do. They get people to, you know get into this culture of, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, you're 21. Let's get you drunk. Let's. Right. And it's just, it's been so wonderful to be able to not have it. And I come home and I actually enjoy my children and yeah, it's busy and jujitsu and (laughs) and life and all of that, but it's, it's still, I'm present. And that was the big moment of just, you know, here I am wanting at one point to just disappear. And now I'm sitting here going in the world was I even like it was right. totally damaging. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can't even fathom any of that. I, you know, it's, we live in the society that has built rules and um, a system of being a certain way. You know, like you said, going to parties, it's a certain way, you know, where's the alcohol we surround, whether it's with alcohol, food, our whole life is deter, like our whole life revolves around those things, right? Especially food. But we have these, you know, instead of having healthier outlets, instead of being like, it's okay for you not to drink. You know, how many times have you heard it where it's like, oh, you don't want alcohol? Like you are different. Why is that different when that's actually providing you with, you know, you're eliminating all the toxic negativity that that surrounds it? Why is it no going to a party and saying no to alcohol is a bad thing? Oh, you're pregnant. You know? Oh, pregnant? yeah. <laughs> it's constantly. And it's like, well... Why is society built on all these negative, you know, rules and regulations when really, in a sense, if we just are ourselves, that should be just fine. We don't need to explain ourselves to anyone, regardless if you like alcohol or not. That is your choice. Life is a choice how you live it. But the fact that we continuously point fingers or mock people for their choices that is the problem. And that's what drives people in a sense to not want to be on this earth anymore, or, you know, in a sense, you know, go through depression and not talk to anybody, not to seek help because they are embarrassed. And it's like a big phenomenon we have right now. It's, it's so disturbing and disgusting the way we humans treat each other when we're supposed to be lifting each other up, yet we just criticize. And if the last two years taught us anything, it should be that we should be humble and rejoice to just be present in life and enjoy to be living. Like we're, we get to do this every day. We get to wake up. We get to be better. You know, we get to spread happiness and joy. Why is it that 
oh, we it's so easy to spread happiness, yet it takes more energy to be mean and angry and criticize. And it just sometimes I just don't understand. I guess like every time I get close to understanding people, I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But you know, you're here and you've gone through, I guess you could say the worst of times for yourself. And so the question I have for you is what would you tell somebody that is currently battling the same thing? You know, because I think hearing it from somebody else, just sitting there, whoever's listening and they're like, I got in my car today or I've got in my car and I felt that same thing. And sometimes I have my triggers, but what would you tell them if they were sitting right in front of you? Honestly, I think if you're even thinking about whether or not you are drinking too much, you need to look into it because it only spirals from there. Um, addiction therapists are important. Um, and if you are thinking of going to a therapist, don't be afraid to keep going to ones that you feel comfortable with. Um, I went to one when I first started out. Um, and I personally, it was hard because he never had a problem. And so if you don't have an addiction and you go to a addiction therapist, then how can they help you? And the second one I went to, um, she was amazing. She was a um, recovering meth addict and she was just like, alcohol is the hardest one to get over. She's, Mm. she's like, it's not like you go to a restaurant and you sit down and someone has a pipe next to you. No, they have alcohol next to you. So if you're trying to get rid of it, but reaching out, talking to your friends, so many more people have, have it than anyone understands, you know, and that's where I think we all want to keep things to ourselves. And I think that's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't air your dirty laundry. That's right. What they, you know, right. They used to say, but I feel like the more that we connect with others, we realize that we have so much more in common than, yes. than you could ever imagine. And we need to be, especially as women, we need to be propping each other up mm-hmm. and we don't. And it's so wacky to me that, you know, we don't, Right. Rely on each other. And then it, it's just, yeah, that's the, I think that's the biggest thing is just lean into somebody. And if they're not willing to open their arms to you, then that's not the right person to lean it. You know, just keep trying. Right. You know, if you have a spouse, talk to them. Right. You know, that's yeah. like I said, my husband's been my rock. Yeah. Go Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, I think that's the biggest part of being human beings because we've been built um, on belief system and, you know, these thoughts that were handed down to us from generation to generation. And I always say this, but it's not our parents' fault because it came from their parents and then their, you know, their parents and so on and so forth. So it's just, it's a human problem. It's humanity's problem where we are built on these beliefs of keep everything within your four corners, but sometimes you're going to have to leave those four corners for help. And that should be okay. And I'm so glad that you brought up um, therapy being okay, because that is one thing that so many of us, you know, think about and hesitate because we think we're crazy if we need therapy. Oh, we can't go seek help because, you know, my parents or family and friends are going to think like something's wrong with me. You know, something's wrong with you when you're not willing to be vulnerable enough, vulnerability is the greatest strength human being can give themselves because your vulnerability actually inflates your, or gives strength to your confidence and your self-confidence. Again, I tell this to 
my team all the time, but your self-confidence leads to self-discipline and self-discipline opens the gates to self-love. You can't get there with one without the other. It's all, it all comes full circle, but that's a big one where we don't ask for help. You know, uh, it's, you have to just let go of the idea that you're going to be criticized. The idea that family is going to talk crap to you. Friends are going to make fun of you. It's this idea that we're still in elementary school and we're being bullied. You know, there has to come a point in our lives where we have to say enough is enough and we're doing this for ourselves and we need help. You know, that's the greatest gift that you can give yourself. So if you're contemplating, you know, you got Bethany here who has been through it, who has more than enough times, you know, really went down the deep end and buried herself in darkness. And she has realized that, you know, the only way to get through it is to seek help and to say it out loud and to say you have a problem because that's the only way you're going to get better. And it sounds cliche, like, oh, like, you know, just go get help or that's the only way you can get better. But really, you are the only one that gets that choice. No one knows what you're going through if you're going to keep it a secret. No, I agree 100%. I tell my students all the time, vulnerability is not a negative aspect. Um, I teach high schoolers. Um, uh, It's a lot of my students use a lot of different things. Their um, home life isn't always, you know, peachy. Yeah. But I am. We were talking about vulnerability. They know about my uh, sobriety because I've talked to them about it. Um, I've talked to them about a bunch of different things because vulnerability builds trust. It also builds yes. relationships. And so when talking to them and they're like, "Well, vulnerability makes you weak," and I said. Mm. So if your best friend opened up to you about something very personal, would that make your friendship weaker or stronger? And so then they're like, oh, well, it kind of makes it stronger because they trusted me. So then, you know, we just constantly have these these talks of how important it is to be open. And, you know, it's just it's hard because they're young and they're youth. And a lot of people use substance to escape their reality. Right. Um, but we have to sit with that reality in order for us to, to love ourselves. And, you know, you've been great on the aspect of, you know, we'll think about it. what, what exactly are you diving into and to sit with it. You don't want to sit with it a lot of times because right. sometimes we have to look at ourselves and go, you know, it is my fault. And the yeah. last podcast, I was just telling you, I was listening to Fridays <laughs> on the way over, you know, and it's just like, yeah, she's talking straight to me again. You know, it's not any outside forces. It's not track season. It's not, yeah. you know, that I'm working a ton and then we have practices. It's it's the fact that I did not prep and I did not get it done. And so I don't want to look at it because then it looks like failure to me yeah. how I am. Yeah. And, but in the real aspect of things, that's, it's on me, right? you know, and I'm, getting better little bits at a time, but at the same time, I still have to put in that work. And if you don't put in the work, then. Yeah. Well, before we redirected to uh, that segment, (laughs) no, no, that was perfect. I wanted just to chime in really quick about a reminder to stop gaslighting yourself and gaslighting does not mean always what people think there is such thing as self gaslighting. You know, the world can gaslight you if you don't do your own research, right? But you, too, can gaslight yourself. And so I'm going to give you guys four examples. One being you're not being like I'm being too sensitive. More than likely, you don't feel seen, heard or validated. Another is oh, I'm too needy. Um, I don't I don't want to go seek help. Um, What what if, you know, nothing? It's not that bad. 
more than likely you have needs that aren't currently being met. And then another one, maybe I'm overreacting. Oh my gosh. Again, it's not too bad. Someone else has it worse than me. More than likely, this is a wound, a trigger, something that is deeply hurtful. And then the last one is, I'm asking for too much. I suggest close my mouth and just try to go about my life as I have been. And sooner or later, I'll just tuck it under the rug as if it never happened. More than likely, you are seeking love, consideration, respect, reasonable expectations, whether it's a relationship with you or with others or just healing from past traumas. You guys... Stop gaslighting yourself. And this is a big one. So many of us do it. We have to stop putting up these excuses when we need help. We are not being needy. We are not. We have to eliminate the idea of somebody else has it worse than me. Your life is just as important. No, no one's life is better than the other. And this is the problem we have in society and our belief system as well. If I ask I'm being too needy. If I go, if I if I cry, I'm being a crybaby. We have to eliminate these thoughts and belief systems, but the only way that it even can be eliminated is that it starts with us inside of us. We have to be willing to channel that those those feelings that we have, bring them to the surface and speak them out loud. So Stop gaslighting yourself, okay? And if you are, write down what I just said. If you're shaking your head right now, you need to write down those trigger points or the things you tell yourself every time you're trying to seek help, all right? And when you do, go get the help you need, okay? That doesn't mean you're less than. That doesn't mean you're weak. So anyway, navigating towards... um, but you had said about excuses and just showing up for yourself. And there was something else and I missed it because I talked too much, but it's true. Um, I, I think, you know, we, when it comes to failures, failure and excuses, the only person we're failing is ourselves. But in order to be better and to grow from that, we need to be able to face failure in the face and say it's okay. But the problem is that perfection, right? We try to be too perfect. And if we're not perfect, then we're not enough. Um, so in regards to that, I know that you had a past eating disorder. This, this tie in to trying to be perfect, to trying to have a certain body structure. You know, you say food is your crutch. So you know, tell us a little bit more about that because I feel like binge eating is also eating disorder that so many people suffer from and does hinder their progress, whether it's fitness related or just progress in life in general. Yeah. So growing up was, I mean, my family is amazing. My parents have always been super supportive. Um, they never mentioned weight. I never had an issue with that. I was an athlete. So I was always, you know, in sports, we always had, you know, the protein, carbs, start, you know, all that fun jazz, um, homemade meals every night. Um, delicious homemade meals, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Can't Um, go wrong with homemade meals. I know, right? And then when I got into college, um, that's when I stopped playing sports because I didn't want to do track in college. I was just lazy. I'll be real. And (laughs) it was, I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the work. Honesty Um, is key. 
So I focused on, of course, my schoolwork and um, going into um, my student teaching. That one was difficult because it was a rough placement, um, pretty much telling me I'm not good enough, my whole student teaching. Um, and so I started to drink and I started to eat mm-hmm. more. Um, that was kind of like a, you know, well, if I can make myself feel good with chocolate and ice cream, then let's do it. And yeah. so um, i was able to make it through that situation. Um, and then I got a job teaching uh, up here in the high desert. And it was funny because I was telling my husband the other day, told sidebar that, you know, we, I was only planning on being up here for like a year or two and then moved back down. Oh, to, wow. Um, Laverne where I grew up and, uh, you know, I met my husband the second year and here I am 15 years in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Oh yeah. Uh, the good old anymore. high desert. Um, you know what though? I really love the kids I teach. So, um, it's just, you know, God puts you where he needs you to be. Absolutely. So I started, uh, teaching and then I was doing like, I felt like I was fine. I was cooking, you know, still drinking of course, but, um, cooking on my own and everything. And then, you know, a family member makes a comment like, Oh, you're, you're getting up there and wait, Mm. you know? And, and then a couple, you know, coworkers constantly talking about, you know, how their body shape is and, mm-hmm. you know, and so I'm looking, I'm going, dang, you're like super fit. Like what is going, you know, like, right. I love, I love it, but I didn't even realize it until my family member, you know, started making a comment. And, and then I started looking at myself and I'm like, okay, what can I go on to lose, you know, a few pounds? Yeah. So from there, then I started restricting calories. And that's where I think the big thing, the big issue is, is that a lot of people think, and I should know this, my degrees in kinesiology, like I know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we know what to do, but we can't put it into place. Yes. Yep. So restriction of calories is where most women think, okay, well, if I don't eat, mm. then I will drop the weight mm-hmm. and then that's how it is. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I lost a few pounds, um, and I was exercising and, um, but then it was, it came right back because when I started to eat normally again, you're ultimately when you're restricting calories, you're serving your body. Absolutely. And then your fat cells are like, when you eat, they're like, Oh, Hey, let's go. You know, I'm going to hold on to anything I can because I think we're going to go into another starvation. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it ends up being where I love the program we're on now because I'm getting enough, you know, I'm getting enough for my body. And so when you're looking at it, Oh, you only need 2000 calories. So now you need to go down to, you know, 1400 and you look Mm -hmm. at mine, I'm like 23 for Mm -hmm. where I'm at right now. And it's, I'm feeling sustained and I'm dropping weight and because your body isn't freaking out that it's going to lose, you know, not go through a period of nothing. Yep. Um, and so I totally lost my train of thought, but (laughs) (laughs) we were talking, (laughs) sorry, you're binge eating. So, yeah. So I would literally go, you know, without having anything. And then I'd be so hungry that I would eat everything in sight. Yeah. You know, I was on a seafood diet, so I ate it, you know? And then after having kids and I had postpartum depression really Mm -hmm. bad. Um, And then I had a couple of miscarriages and then I ended up having Emma, which is my, my mini me. Lord, Lord love her. She looks exactly like her. Oh my goodness. So she is my mini me. Um, And I had depression again with her and that's when my drinking really kind Mm -hmm. of picked up. She's just my spitfire. She has um, an allergy to egg and to nuts and egg is super hard because it's in everything. Mm-hmm. And so then the stress of that and what am I eating? And then literally, of course, then I just keep eating because I'm stressed and mm-hmm. I'm a stress eater. Um, 
And that's where it really, the binge eating got picked up. So I ended up going to an actual study group, like through the medical, the doctor. Um, And they, they prescribed me a calorie restriction diet, which was super interesting, you know, Hmm. um, because I'm sitting here going, that doesn't make any sense. And so then I just tried to do it on my own, but I, I didn't binge and purge. Um, I cry every time I throw up. So I, I couldn't stick with that. And I have to eat because if I don't eat, like the world goes black, but I can eat and eat and eat, but then you feel awful. You feel sick and gross. And then, you know, it just, when I hear different people's, you know, individual stories, especially, well, more so women, you know, about their binge eating and you say you cry and I'm over here like, oh, I had no, I did not hesitate at all to throw up. I'm like, whatever I found, well, I mean, my finger worked the best for me, um, but you know, I, the only time I cried was when I tried to, um, stick a, somebody told me at, in high school to stick, um, a toothbrush, right? You are who you hang out with. You become who you hang out with. Um, and so remember the toothbrush did not, I was like, I, uh, I was gagging. I was crying. I was like, no. And then I don't know. I don't what kind of idea popped in my head with my finger, but anyway, TMI, um, but yeah, I think, you know, the problem is, and I don't think I know this, is that we restrict ourselves and um, our relationship with food really is based on, you know, diet culture and another fad diet. But no one, in a sense, tells us food is fuel. Food is what's going to, you know, um, allow you to live long, allow you the energy you need to get up every morning, um, to perform at our very best. But the whole purpose of food is to simply keep us alive. And that whole phrase on its own, food is simply there to keep you alive is what we should really focus on. And if you're going to take anything with you in regards to food and becoming a better version of you, you have to chop down all the um, diet culture, what society tells you, what you formed in your head, what it should be. And just really understand that food is there to help you provide you with life. And that is it. Your relationship with it does matter, but your every day doesn't revolve around your next meal, your obsession. And the calorie restriction really gets to me because, you know, I see so many women, especially um, who tell me, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to eat all that. Well, yeah, you're not going to be on a 500, 500 calorie diet. Like you're not going to lose weight that way. And just sitting here and the more I learn and the more schooling I do, and I sit here and these, hear these stories and I'm like, we're all starving ourselves because of societal rules. Again, it's like, um, in the four agreements, the author calls it, um, Ruiz calls it that, you know, it's like the 10 commandments in the Bible, their rules. Well, society also has rules and all these rules we follow. And if we feel like if we don't follow them, then we're not good enough. So if I don't follow this new fad diet, or if I don't binge eat, if I don't, you know, have an eating disorder, because come on, let's be honest. If we can look back at the nineties and the early 2000, what women look like, you know, the only way to achieve that is really doing work, not healthy, um, 
choices. You know, I'm not making healthy choices to your body. You're restricting yourself. You're harming your body. And in order to get there, there is aggressive measures. And, you know, we only are, how can I say this? And we're the only thing that we're doing is limiting ourselves to be the best version of us. And it gets me so wrapped up in my head and so sad that so many of us and so many women I speak to like you, Bethany, and women along this journey of the podcast that so many of us have suffered from an eating disorder. And the reason being is because of society. And it's like the same we the same way we could push nonsense and gaslight people. We should be we should be helping others and telling them what is right. I mean, there's so much science, actual research out there. And instead, we rather just listen to what the news has to offer us or what the magazines show us of what we should look like. And that gets us nowhere. It really is detrimental to our mind. And it all it does, it puts us in a black box. And it's more than anything, you know, as a woman, it is saddening to see another woman going through the same thing or have gone through the same thing. Because I'm like, man, like, how come no one was there to help us? Like, we can't. I can't sit here and blame it on my parents because they, I was so sneaky. I was a straight A student, you know, athlete. So they had no idea, but why did society tell me it was okay to be that way? Yeah. I, you know, what's hard too with that is our society is all instant. We need instant gratification. So Mm. this program and journey that I'm on has been interesting because it's not right away. Like it, you know, I didn't gain the weight, you know, when I had my babies, I gained 55 pounds and took nine months to gain 55 in each, you know, so it's not going to take a week for it to go away. But yet we focus so much on these people who, you know, like celebrities or Mm -hmm. the photoshopped images on television, you know, that it's just, I wish we would focus on what culturally is beautiful every culture has different body shapes and different, mm-hmm. you know, looks that are so beautiful, yeah. you know, not all my brothers used to, so I grew, I'm the middle of two boys. Um, and my brothers used to tell me that, um, dogs like bones and real men like me <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I was always more mm-hmm. mass. I'm built like my father, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and I have the muscle and I have the, you know, shoulders and, yeah. you know, granted my younger brother love you to death. But, you know, when he tells me that my head is too small for my body, I look at that all the time. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's just yeah. love you, Steve. <laughs> just be- thought, you know, beliefs that people in their but it wasn't meant and, I don't think yeah to be mean but but our subconscious takes it as into. oh my head is too small yes. like cut dry it doesn't it's not it doesn't have humor or like dark humor or something like that and like, when you know. I am heavier my head is too small <laughs> my body but it's just one of those things that you always kind of go through people say things I had um co-workers who told me that you know when my husband and I started dating that if we had intercourse I would break him you and know like telling stuff you? like that mm-hmm does doesn't just surface level so our words cut deep mm-hmm. and people don't understand that what we say to somebody is can really really hurt them whether or not they think that they you know look up to them or not like it, it's and so kind of segmenting it to my <clears throat> daughters like I am constantly worried that I'm like damaging them in a way because of whether I'm frustrated and I'm yelling mm-hmm. or so if I ever say anything about myself in front of them mm-hmm. like that's what scares me like oh my gosh are they gonna you know what if I say that you know oh I just I need to lose this or whatever or they hear it you yeah know? 
um, you know, they're beautiful and no matter what, I love them no matter what. And I'm getting to the point where I'm loving myself. I started seeing stretch marks the other day and I'm like, Billy, look, I got stretch marks. (laughs) I got all excited. Like, Hey, you can actually start seeing so you know, and I know that sounds really weird, but you have actually been really helpful in that too, because you just love yourself. And by seeing that and seeing other people embrace themselves, just being themselves. And that's what, you know, drew me to you in the first place. And so I'm all, I'm all giddy that you're like my friend. So (laughs) I, um, it's funny. I was, my sister called me the other day and she was talking about one of the realtors there and he believes in frequency and, um, the universe and how an energy. And I'm like, everything she's saying, I'm like, I bet you he's read the four agreements. And I have really, in the last three months, my, like, when I started listening, when I re-listened to the audio and listened again and listened again, I'll listen during workouts and then reading it, actually taking out my book and wiping it off of cobwebs legitimately. Um, You know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, there's black magic and there's pure magic. And it's, that's just the correct terminology. And you could believe it or not, but, you know, our words, like you were saying, can, has the ability to change a person's entire life. Just the same way our words to ourselves can change our life. And I told you guys this on episode 56, I believe that if you say something out loud, positive, it has 10 times more effect. But if you say it negative, it has four to seven times more. So 40 to 70 times, 70% more times that it will actually occur. And so black magic is, for example, he says that there's, and I said this with you guys on a live on our Facebook group page, but you know, there was a mom and she loved her daughter so much. And one day she just came home from work and she was so frustrated with work and just stressed out. She laid on the couch and she just didn't want anything to do with her daughter. And it wasn't her daughter's fault. It was just, she was just frustrated from her day and her daughter singing and having the time of her life. And the mom tells her, just shut up, shut up. You have an ugly voice. And from then on, the daughter never sang again. The mother's words changed the daughter's entire life. You know, what if she would have became a singer? You know, the daughter had the only way she was able to gain her power back is if she took the time to sit down with herself, to understand her why, but to bring that to the surface. Why does she ever stop singing in the first place? You know, she wouldn't even sing in her car. She wouldn't even sing in the shower. She wouldn't even sing in front of people alone. But in order to bring it, you need to bring it up to the surface and say, you know, this is what happened. This is what, this is the reason why, and this is how I'm going to reclaim my power back. But your words can influence a person's life for the worse. And this is black magic and pure magic's the opposite. You know, when we love ourselves and those around us and, you know, we like, when I see you women, girls, women, whatever, when I see you ladies, you know, I love you guys and I love you, Bethany. And I'm so glad that our paths cross, but like I, in a sense, get so emotional when you guys have growth and when you guys share your stories with me, because I want the best for you guys. And so when I pour into you, my love for you guys is pure, but you could see the difference it makes. And when you guys pour into me, I could see the difference. Like we were 
human beings, we have pretty good intuition, especially us women, I believe, you know, I don't know if it's like a mom sixth sense, but I feel, or not just a mom. Okay. For those of you, please don't, you know, take it the wrong way for women, just in general, like our intuition's pretty good. At least I think so. But, um, and I just, you know, that's the difference is that our words can really impact. And so I see you and you know, you've been able to share with me and I've seen your growth. And literally, I've seen her growth from August until now. And sometimes, yes, I just want to slap you across the face when you say something negative. But it's just a reminder that you're the only person that can put limitations on your life. And you're the only person that can choose to change your life. And you're the only person that can give somebody power over your life. And you're the only person that can, can reclaim your power. Because in this life, you are the only person that's in charge of you. And it's you versus you. And we say this time and time again, but, you know, it's, um, it's I don't know where I was going with this, to be honest with you guys. Um, and I was, I just get so, like, emotional just thinking about it because, you know, we all have the ability to grow and be better. But, you know, we can also have a roadblock because we allow other people to bring upon negativity. And, you know, when you share with me stories, I'm sure there's other people that have been told the same thing. You know, I know my aunt's told, been told the same thing because she was always been heavier than my uncle. And they told her that for years and years. And it's just, it really took a toll on her. And now she's in her late fifties and she still struggles to love herself. And I see her and I'm just like, man, like that sucks. Like, I don't even know how, like, that's bullshit. Like we as human beings should be better and we're not. And it makes me so sad to see, like, I talked to my mom and just like, like, or cause I don't tell my dad cause that's his sisters and they're always messing around. But I'm just like, man, that like, that saddens my heart. Like that we should do better. And just the same way, like I try to watch my words around Lily too and Lincoln, but Lily, because I never want her to feel less than I never want her to be like, oh, I need to lose X, you know, X amount of weight to feel good about myself. Right. No. And I totally, I think something that's super difficult in our generation talking about the younger kids is clothing. You know, yeah. I, I teaching high school, I have girls who come in and, you know, they are blessed with the boots and they don't have any clothes that fit them because they, there aren't any yeah. and they won't shop in the women's section or because let's be real. Most of the women's clothes don't even fit women. Yeah. You know, or <laughs> anything that's left on like the clearance rack is a size double zero. Okay. My right. big toe fits is that double zero. Okay. Like, yeah, I mm -hmm. don't, I used to walk around in high school with my friends size zero skirts on my legs because that's, they fit my quad. Yeah. They fit my quad. So there's, there's needs to be something that is yeah. put into place for these girls too, because what is that showing them also, you know, it's, it's, they're starting slowly to have more of that, um, in stores, but I just, I think that we need to keep telling people they're beautiful. I think that's the big, the big thing I tell, I don't care. I tell my students all the time, you know, Oh, you look yeah. so nice today. Or you look, you know, and whether that some people may take that as a negative, you know, you shouldn't say stuff like that. Well, you know what? That maybe I'm the only one that they hear that from, mm -hmm. you know, and I tell my girls all the time that they're beautiful from inside and out, not just what the appearance looks like, because it needs to be looked at as they are. Their soul is beautiful. Right. right. And who they are is beautiful. So, yeah, I think um, beautiful, not perfect. And we have a hard time with perfection. 
And I was telling Bethany before this, I was like, I'm going to somehow incorporate this because I think this is a great passage from, again, my favorite book that Bethany is actually going to read here soon or hear the audio because honestly, it's like not even a, what is this? It's 140 pages. You guys, you guys can take the time to listen to an audio. It's about two hours long. Okay. I'm pretty sure you can be cooking or doing something along your day or listening to in the car. But in the very first chapter, he says, not being perfect, we reject ourselves. And the level of self-rejection depends upon how effective the adults were in breaking our integrity. After domestication, it is no longer about being good enough for anybody else. We are not good enough for ourselves because we don't fit with our own image of perfection. We cannot forgive ourselves for not being what we wish to be or rather what we believe we should be. We cannot forgive ourselves for not being perfect. We know that we know we are not what we believe we are supposed to be. And so we feel false, frustrated, and dishonest. We try to hide ourselves and we pretend to be what we are not. The result is that we feel unauthentic and wear social masks to keep others from noticing this. We are so afraid that somebody else will notice that we are not what we pretend to be. We judge others according to our image of perfection as well. And naturally they fall short of our expectations. We dishonor ourselves just to please people. We do not harm. We even do harm to our physical bodies just to be accepted by others. We see teenagers taking drugs just to avoid being rejected by other teenagers. They are not aware that the problem is that they don't accept themselves. They reject themselves because they are not what they pretend to be. The wish to be a certain way, but they are not. And for this, they carry shame and guilt. Humans punish themselves endlessly for not being what they believe they should be. They become very self-abusive and they use other people to abuse themselves as well. That is from the four agreements, but that really just those, that those two paragraphs just sums it up, you know, um, and he talks about how we live in a fog and that's why we cannot see past um, who we truly are because we, in a sense, chain ourselves. And I always picture this, like if you were to visualize it, you're chaining yourself against a wall. Um, you know, it's like a werewolf in the movies when they chain them. So, you know, when the moon comes out, they don't get out. Um, and it's the same thing. Like we chain ourselves in order to meet these expectations of, you know, friends or society. And we never are able to evolve into ourselves. You know, the werewolf is never able to become a werewolf because he's pinned against the wall. You know, we, unless he has like the strength to unleash himself in the same thing with us, we have to have the strength to unleash our power and, you know, become and evolve into the greatest form. And that is our authentic self. But we struggle so hard to be authentic because we strive to be perfect and perfection doesn't exist because the perfection that society has built and what those belief system has given us are false. They're not even real. And every, no one will ever ever, ever live by them or like get to that level because they are unrealistic. And I feel like my, my analogies or metaphors, like I, I get them like the gremlin one. And I'm like, I don't know if people get them or not, but I don't know where this werewolf came from. But anyways, I love the will because it's so true. I mean, you think about it by day, it's, he's one thing. And then yeah. by night, then his real, I mean, really think about how, I mean, when I was drinking, that's what it was like yeah. by day I was Oh, the teacher, the happy-go-lucky, everything. And then by night, it was, give me my drink. 
And then I'm like completely different person. And you see that in a lot of different people. And so that's, I like that analogy (laughs) because it makes complete sense. And then until we actually sit with ourselves and go deep down and find our strength to be able to break that chain that we can actually be who we are supposed to be. And that's why we like people is because we're all different. If we were all the same, it, it would be boring you know? And so be yourself, be your true, you know, I'm a crazy, I'm crazy. Like, like, like I'm just a good, I'm total goofball. I don't have an issue. You know, when I'm in class going, we did, you know, the baby shark dance in front of the whole entire school. Like, I don't care like, yeah. because it's fun. Like if right. you're not having fun, you're not living your life. And yeah. so I think that's where like, all of this kind of pertains is, you know, with working out, I enjoy it because it's Mm -hmm. fun to me. My girls join in. That's fun for me. Um, we did the plank challenge and Cora wanted to join in with me. That's fun. That means that it's like, you know, we're, we're doing things. Jujitsu. Let's, I guess that's a perfect example is I started jujitsu. My daughter's, um, they started a couple of years ago. And so I finally decided to join and I'm having a blast. Like, I'm like, when can I do another individual? Let's go. I want, I want to do this. Like, can I go to I another it. one? And then Cora is like, Hey mom, I'm going to let's roll. And I'm like, you don't want to roll with me, you know? Like, yeah. so it's, it's just fun. And like, Hey, can you help out with game day? And can you do this? Mm-hmm. And it's bringing me closer to my girls. And that's what I need. I yeah. needed to be and I'm still trying to get, you know, Billy on board, but he's yeah. super busy with track, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's Damn, she's calling you out, Billy. Uh, <laughs> he knows, he knows. Um, but ultimately it's something that now we have something to talk about even more so yeah. than before. Um, one thing I always do try to do is if I did yell at my girls, I apologize to them. I tell them how my mind has been feeling or Mm -hmm. if I'm stressed or frustrated. And I think that's really important just across the board, whether you have children or not to be open with your emotions because our emotions dictate like everything. And it's okay to be upset and frustrated. And I've been one, I've been not wanting to, but feeling the need to cry for so long. And Mm -hmm. I just can't get it out. Like it just, it just sits there. And then I get frustrated and frustrated and then I'm a volcano and then it's a disaster. And I think that, that's a societal thing that I'm still working on. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't cry. If we're women. We have to be, you know, like the have to hold down the everything, fort. you know, like you guys, you can't show weakness in front of your children. Well, no, you know what? Yes, I can. And yeah. I think that that's important for all levels is we need to be open with emotions. Gentlemen, if you guys are listening on this, you guys need to be okay with your emotions too, mm-hmm. because God gave us emotions for a reason. If he didn't want us to have them. He wouldn't have given them to us. Right. And so I think that we need to hone into that, hone into, you know, hone into his word and just really, you yeah. know, yeah. Well, dial down. That's like, um, in our Hispanic culture, we say machismo, like the man doesn't cry, doesn't show emotion, but what it does is suppresses and it builds frustration. It builds anger and just because you cry doesn't mean you're weak. Mm-hmm. Like it is a sign of strength because you're able to connect with yourself at a different level. And when you make those connections, you grow your relationship with you. And just like you said in the beginning, like you build trust. Building trust with yourself is the most important step you can take into your relationship with yourself. Because when you're honest, when you're able to just feel what you are feeling, you're able to communicate better as well with those around you. Like, how do your girls know if you're feeling frustrated? Like if you go to the, if you go and you're just like screaming and you shut the door and that's it, 
and they go to bed like that, they're going to go to bed confused. Like, what did I do? And try to now like try to think about, oh my gosh, okay, let me see. I was playing with my toys, like, and then I turned around and then I got yelled at. Did I play with them wrong? Did I put them away wrong? Was I playing with the wrong color? Like all these questions come about. And then all it does is it builds mistrust with ourselves. And then we grow up not really having the ability to express ourselves. So then we just, the, it just goes, the circle continues, right? Um, generation after generation, you know, then your daughter will be like that with her kids and then her kids and so on. And all it does is causes a more destruction than help. So I'm so glad you said that because I feel like whether we're moms or not, just human beings in general need to be able to communicate and feel what they're feeling and not suppress their emotions. Right. And I feel like that's something that needs to be brought up in classrooms also. Mm -hmm. I feel like we don't allow our students to be able to express themselves because they, it's like, you know, they're, they're kids. They have to be able to let things out and, you know, and we don't really allow that, you know, it's like, nope, now you're, you're being disrespectful, get out, you know, and that's not, that's not how I like to roll on my Mm -hmm. class area. I'm always just like, you know, do you need a minute? Like, are you just having a rough day? Right. And there's kids that you could just tell they're just normally on it and they're not, don't worry about it. You're fine. We'll get on it tomorrow, you know? And then next day they come in and they're completely different, you know? Um, but it's interesting because my mom wasn't a yeller. And so I'm a yeller. So I don't know where that came from, but it's, again, it's just being able to talk to your kids and let them know that you messed up Mm -hmm. because we need to take responsibility for our actions too. And I think that's, you know, it's the full circle of of it. You know, if I'm not taking responsibility for not eating right, or if I'm not, you know, if I'm doing this or I'm doing that or yelling at my kids or yelling at my spouse, like that's, there's something going on in me. It's not them. It's, it's definitely that internal. And what is it? A lot of times for me, it's frustration. I'm just stressed. I'm frustrated. There's, I'm not in order. Mm -hmm. That's just, yeah. I mean, it's like when we treat people a certain way or feel a certain way towards a person, we don't even know them. It's really because the problem is within us. We're the problem and we're internalizing what we feel about ourselves and we're taking it out on somebody else that doesn't even know what they even did wrong or, you know, they, they're not the problem. And that's the hardest one to admit is that we're the problem. We're the issue. Like we need to fix ourselves. And so many times, you know, I have these conversations with different women and I'm like, okay, but realistically speaking, what did they do wrong? And maybe the problem is you, it was never them to begin with. And then it's like, oh, I have something to work on. Oh, Yeah, you do. But like you said, we don't teach certain stuff in school. And I was just telling Mike this a few days ago. I'm like, you know, what we should really be teaching aside from mathematics and English, you know, the things we do use, we do use math, maybe not geometry all the time, but um, geometry, Um, but things like self-acceptance, understanding, being able, you know, unless you take psychology classes, but even then it's very brief. And what is you know, textbook psychology going to teach someone in high school, really like, come on, let's be honest. So like things like self-acceptance, like, um, you know, self-love vulnerability is strength. It sounds cheesy, but it really can have a massive impact on the youth today and how they become as adults and what impact they make on the next generations to come. No, I, I agree. I think, 
as a, but as a teacher also, I really wish more parents would be involved with their kids. I think mm. that's, that's yeah. something that's very difficult. Um, and it's a touchy subject for a lot of people because there mm-hmm. are parents who work multiple jobs just to get food on the table or yeah. roof over the head. But a lot of my students, they don't ever see their parents that's or hard. their foster or, you know, there's, they were taken out of the home. Like parents need to parent. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be friends and smoking, you know, it up with their kids. Like yeah. they need to parent. And, you know, my mom is my, was my matron of honor at my wedding. She's my best friend. It's beautiful. And when I was a teenager, we butt heads, you know, but she was my mom first and mm-hmm. now we're super close. And yeah. so, you know, first and foremost, you need to parent your kid. And yeah, I, but I do agree, like doing that in classes helps a ton, but it should be taught at home too. And yeah. that's. You know, just want to throw that out there for all the teacher friends of mine, because we talk about it all the time. Like, where are your parents? Like, right. where, where are your, where's your foundation, mm-hmm. you know? And there is no foundation. And that's what's yeah. so hard. And I don't know circumstances, so I'm not trying to blame parents. So, right. you know. We're not pointing fingers here no. on the podcast, okay? I'm just trying to throw it out there that it, it is, it's difficult when teachers are being attacked. Yep. For not getting something done. But yet, when you look at it, it's like, well, that should have been a foundation in the mm-hmm. home. And so, um you know, I try to do that as much as possible in my class. My, yeah. my principal's amazing and I'm allowed to kind of do different things. Um, I got called mom the other day, <laughs> mama Vaughn. I was like, Hey, what's up? You know? <laughs> um, but if that, if I could be that sense of somebody for someone else, I'm okay. You know, that mm-hmm. doesn't bother me, but again, it's just, we all just need to do our part. If everybody did their part and was, you know, kind to each other and helped, it takes a village. Like it really does take a village yeah. to raise a kid. Right. You know, it's not just, mom or dad or right. you know single parent single you know it's all of us mm-hmm. it's our kids friends that needs to be you know their parents need to yeah. help out too you know it's just yeah it takes a village and I think that yeah. unfortunately so many people are not going near each other that it's yeah. it makes it hard yeah I agree I, I I absolutely agree um it is a very touchy subject uh unfortunately but it starts in the home and it starts with the belief system that you have set up for your kids and what you pour into them, because that is how, in a sense, a lot of these kids turn out in the first place. Um, I know what you just said verbatim was exactly how my mom and my relationship is. First, she was my mother and now she's my best friend and she's my rock and I can tell her anything. Now we mess around. I mean, we even like talk about conversations that maybe I mean, that we never had at like 16, you know, like you just, you know, being oh, dirty, dirt, <laughs> dirty women, you know, but because she's my friend, you know, but she, I had to earn that respect, you know, and, um, it does, it start, starts in the home and that's a tough one to hear. And I, you know, I give credit to those parents that are working and keeping a roof over the head with their kids. Um, but just implementing little stuff every day, like even if you're not saying it out loud to your kids, the way you are towards yourself, that is what they see. And that's what they will carry with them. That is what they register in the mind and they store in their subconscious. So whether you are doing something or not verbally, they are seeing it. And that is how they are going to live their life as well. I mean, it, it really does, um, take um, an effect and it does make, does mold them into who ultimately they become in life. 
Yeah. Those little Facebook questions are great too. If you ever want to know what your kid thinks about you, have them ask the questions like, what's mommy's favorite drink? What's mommy's favorite thing to do? Oh, I seen that. You know, and it's funny because at one point it was mommy's favorite drink is wine Mm -hmm. and now it's water. And so it's, you know, what does mommy always say to you? I love you. Yeah. Although yesterday, I think the other day it was go clean your room. That was (laughs) That was what Cora said that was always said, you know? And so, oh my gosh. But if you ever really want to know what your kids think about you, ask them those questions. I do that a lot with Cora. Um, we spend and just ask, oh, so what would be, you know, if you could be any superhero, what would it be? Yeah. You know, if you could, you know, yeah. be a monster, what would it be? You know, like right. whatever questions, because it gets them to think and engage. And that is what they remember. They remember those moments, not what you bought yeah. them. Not, you know, what their bedroom looked like. It was the time that you spent with them. That's what we remember. Yep. Yep. And those are the, those are the times that matter most to us, even as, as human beings, as adults, like those are the moments we remember most like, oh, what that person did for us, how they made us feel. Not even so much what they did for us. How did they make us feel? How did mommy make you feel? How did daddy make you feel? How did that person make you feel? Oh, like when I'm around you, like, oh, I feel empowered. So, you know, those are little moments that you take with you and have, you know, can really, in a sense, help provide you with guidance or just make you a better human being. So, um, but, you know, you go along, you've been on this self-love journey and you've hit many obstacles around, you know, on the road, but, you know, there's times where we may allow it to hinder our growth. Um, what are you currently doing to help you, you know, with self-love in a sense, or just self-healing, um, to make sure that you are better every single day other than working out. Cause we know you work out. Yeah. Um, I have been journaling a lot. Um, I bought this book on Amazon. It's, it's called Hey Girl. Um, it's just like a journal of yeah. women, you know, like you can, dial into it and asks questions and you can color and I love coloring. Um, and so I have that one. And then the other one, it's, um, I'm, I read a bunch of different things, but it says, I think it's like how to make yourself effing happy or something or find your, Oh, find your effing happy. Like, okay. Um, I think it says the whole word, but you know, um, <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> uh, that one is, is pretty much just what makes you happy? Like, what is it that makes you happy? Don't worry about what everyone else thinks. Like, what is it that really, you know, you enjoy doing? And so it makes you really have to dive into yourself. Um, and I really have been enjoying that. Uh, I use, been trying to, uh, read scripture every night. That's Mm -hmm. been big. And then I journal, um, my prayers. (laughs) I've been doing that for years now, almost 12 years now journaling prayer. And then when I'm really struggling and go back and I read everything the Lord's done for me. And it's pretty cool because, um, after having the ectopic and then a miscarriage, um, after Emma or before Emma, um, I was just like, well, that's, you know, that's your will, that's your will. And that's fine. So we sold everything. And then we found out we were pregnant with Emma and, um, same thing with the house. We were purchasing the house in Apple Valley or wanting to, and I delivered Emma (laughs) And that day we cut that deal. And then Mm -hmm. I lived with my brother in a bedroom in his his place for a few weeks while our house now closed. And that is my dream house. Like I love that house, you know? And so little things of when you're asking for something and he's just like, not yet, 
you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can get the answer of no. And I think that's for me has been really cool to look back on of, you know, everybody thinks, well, if God's going to say no, then that's, you know, the end all be all. Well, right. I mean, that's not in my, that's how I believe is not, it's not the case. You know, right. it's just not yet. He has better plans. He's walked every path before us. So he mm. knows exactly where we need to be. Like he yeah. knew that that day I needed to be at the gym and you're wearing your street parking stuff. Like he, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's, he knows all of that. Like with my street parking journey, like my brothers and I are all on the Marco Polo app. And so literally after every workout, we Marco Polo each other. And That's if it awesome. has been a couple of days that we haven't gone, they call us out. Like my brothers will call me out or I'll call one of them out. That's like, awesome. where have you been? Like, are you, yeah. you going to be there? So it's those things, but working on myself, definitely journaling um, yeah. and really trying to find what drives me has been super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I feel like that's one of the things that I share with a lot is that, you know, if you journal, cause there's a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to journal. It doesn't have to make sense to somebody else. Your words only have to make sense to you. You could like just random thoughts, like random sentences that don't even flow together. But if they make sense to you, that's, that's what matters. It's your personal journey. It's your, it's your journal. It's your diary. But to go back and to see how you've evolved and how, you know, who you started off as and who you are now just gives you some perspective of how much growth you've attained and how much more you have to grow and to be thankful and to be grateful because too many times we lack the ability to be find gratitude within our life and ourselves when if you could just read your own words, it's the same way that you enjoy reading quotes off Instagram, somebody else's posts, somebody else's carousel real, what they have to say, take your words. Do not take them for granted. Those are the words coming out of your mouth. You have the ability to see yourself grow. And it's, it's a story. And to transform your life and to see how much your words will even change. Your sentences may become just clusters and then they just become you're just flowing and it comes out easier and the narrative changes. And it just, you could see when you become the one, you know, navigating the ship and you're no longer on the passenger seat waiting for someone to come save you because you are saving yourself. You are reclaiming your power. And I I think that's a beautiful gift. And, um, I absolutely love that. You know, I think whether you believe in God or the universe, higher power, we say that our mother, mother nature, I think, it's beautiful to see that because I honestly, I was telling my sister, we as humans need something more to believe in. We need like a higher power to believe in. So whatever it is you do, I think, you know, it just brings peace to you too, knowing that, you know, you can hang on to something because it gives us hope in the end, it gives us hope. And, you know, um, I like Isaiah forty-one ten is my absolute favorite verse. And I have it tattooed in Spanish on the side of me. And it says, you know, God, holds us up with our his victorious right hand, you know, because he's never going to give us something we cannot handle. The universe will never give you something you cannot handle, you know, mother nature, whatever it is. But you have to be willing to believe in yourself and to see that you possess the strength or what they are trying to tell you, because maybe not today, not maybe not tomorrow, but it's going to come in a different form. It's not going to come in the form that you want it to be, but it is going to come in a form. You just have to be willing to open your eyes and see it. Right. We have to be the author of our own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the reader. Yeah. And I think too many times we allow someone else to take the pencil and then we sit down and wonder why we can't, 
get our life together? Why do we feel broken? Why do we feel helpless when you've given your pencils to, to so many different writers? When you are the supposed to be the writer, you're supposed to grab that pencil and write your story. But at any moment, you get to rewrite it. And that's the beauty of life, that it is a journey. It's imperfect. There's a lot of obstacles. But at any given moment, you get to rewrite it just the same way you decided to rewrite your story, you know, and go with depression and fighting it every single day and trying to be better than you were yesterday and, you know, managing your uh, binge eating and, you know, really coming to a sense where the only person making excuses for you, for your life is you and to take it, take, you know, to, um, come face to face with your BS and say, you know, no, like I know what needs to be done and I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm imperfect and I'm going to probably make more mistakes, but the only reason, the only way I'm going to see progress, if I stay committed to myself, if I stay committed to the process, I'm going to see the results I want and attain them and just live the best way I know for me, for my family, for my girls. And I'm just going to keep evolving from there. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah. I I go on these tangents, but, you know. um, And I'm like looking at her enthralled, like, yes, keep going, keep going. (laughs) No, but, you know, I, I, and I said this prior, but, you know, I've, I've, it's been uh, an honor and a privilege to see your growth. Like I see you from August and I was going through, you know, when we started messaging each other into now and you could see the growth. Um, I think it's funny when, you know, um, at times where I'm just like, I'm just going to call her out because, you know, I can't sugarcoat anything, but it's beautiful to see when two women are in each other's corner. Cause you know, like you said at the very beginning, like we as women should be rooting for one another. It's like, if I sit here and say, yeah, come on my team, but feeding you negativity and keep you from evolving. Like we should be able to say, Hey, like I'm your friend. I love you, but I'm also going to be tough love coach. And I know you're better than this. And I know what you're capable of. And you've shown me now I want you to show yourself. And, you know, you've been able to show yourself. You've been able to show your girls. And I see, I was telling Mike when I was like, yeah, I saw Bethany at jujitsu. I was like, she didn't want to go on the mat. So I told her, you know, just go ask and can't hurt, you know, asking shall receive. But to see Cora's eyes light up. You know, that's what we live for, like not just for ourselves, but to bring joy, whether if we have kids or not, but to bring joy into the lives of other people, you know, being able to inspire those around us to be better so they know that they can be better. And it sounds so cliche because some people use it as like, like a knockoff, like, oh, if I can do it, you could do it too. It's not a knockoff. It's like real, like people can do stupid reels and stuff like that and say stupid things. But the reality of it is, if I could do it, I'm human. I'm not, I don't possess any superpower. What I'm trying to tell you is that I've been through the rut. I've been through darkness. And if I came out of it, you can come out of it too, because nothing in this world makes me more special than you. Yeah. So. I think we, we definitely need to believe in ourselves. That's like the, the big thing. Like we have to really realize that we are capable of anything. Yeah. I shoot. If I could push a baby out without any meds, we can, we can do this. <laughs> like, you know, um, I know that's, that's TMI over there, cool. but, um, <clears throat> meds or no meds, if you could do any kind of delivery, that's amazing. You right. know? Right. Right. Uh, but it's, it's just that self-realization and you have always been so honest. And I think that for me, that's what I just needed 
a female honesty, you know, like I get it from my brothers and stuff, but to have, we've talked about this before. Me and females just normally don't, you know, vibe. vibe. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. And so it was funny, you know, then I tell my husband, like, we have girls and you know, like, yeah. oh, how do I deal with it? <laughs> that's so- God telling you, you know, <laughs> you need to learn how to vibe. <laughs> and so, you know, when I sent you that the other day and I was just, I was in a bad spot and yeah. you were just like, like, wake up. Like, let's I, go. I, I said, I told Mike, I was like, man, I feel really mean, but that's it. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. But I needed that. Yeah. I needed you to just be like, light that fire. I mean, uh-huh. okay, it wasn't a fire. It was freaking like dumpster. <laughs> like, let's go, you know? Like, yeah. And it really helps because the next day I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, again, it is a journey. It's a process. It's not like it's going to be, you yeah. know, I'm not going to have a six pack in a week. Right. It would be nice, but I'm not going to, you know, and it, yeah. and it's one day at a time and I'm still focusing on sobriety and I'm mm-hmm. still focusing on depression. Luckily, you know, and those of you who have depression, do not freak out about medication. Like I, I just want to throw that in there because a lot of people are like, I'm not getting on meds. I'm not getting on meds. Yeah, talk know? about and that a little bit more because I, yeah, I, yeah, I, why? I think a lot of people are, they, they're just afraid they're either going to have to, that they make them a bad person or like, mm-hmm. oh man, I'm psycho because I have to have, you know. Okay. Like, I know yeah. that with talking with certain people that they refuse to get on meds because they think that it is, you know, just the end all be all. Right. Um, at one point I was on like 40 milligrams of Prozac. And that's like a ton. I'm on 10 right now um, and trying to hopefully would love to be off of it. But yeah. diet does help an awful lot with yeah. that. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make yourself get through the day. Right. Um, and a medication that could help you. And it doesn't help everybody. But I just yeah. just one of those things. I'm not saying, hey, go go for med, Go for right. Med. Right. Right. But so many people who could maybe be on such a low dosage that could just get them into re, you know, organizing their thoughts a little bit and get themselves out where they don't have to be on it anymore is great. So it's not like just because you're on it, you have to be on it forever. Um, And it's just one of those things that I know it's, it's a tough topic for a lot of people. Um, But, you know, I'm, I'm an open book. So I feel like the problem is like, you know, people talk to your doctor, consult with your doctor, but do your own research as well. See what work will work for you. Um, you know, those don't pull the trigger on something right away. But I think the biggest one is, um, we have this misperception, not misperception because I feel like nowadays, you know, we've been life's a little crazy. This is something. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem is that people don't want to be prescribed something if they don't need it. So I always say, you know, consult with your doctor, um, you know, do your own research, but that's the biggest one that there is so much research out there. Like for instance, um, you know, on the CDC and all that, you can find so much research, do your own research. The answers are all there. They don't, they're not going to tell you verbatim on the news, on anything, podcasts, whatever you listen to, wherever you get your information, they're not going to tell you about the thousands of research out there. You have to go do your work. It's on there. And that is why they'll always say, well, we told you guys, we, the information was there. The information is there. You guys, we just have to be able to willing to go read. And there's thousands of research out there. Um, and that's with anything. I'm always like, go do your research. Like it's literally there for you. They have it there. 
That way they too don't get in trouble, you know, <laughs> by law. Like, well, you know, if the research, they don't conduct the research, then, you know, they can get in trouble. But anyways, yeah, I feel like um, that's a big one is that we just, and that's with anything in life is to do your research. I mean, there's so many great articles out there too, when it comes to either self-help, self-healing, like, you know, if you don't feel comfortable talking to a therapist yet, but there's ways, there's so many books, you know, I got asked the other day, what kind of books would I recommend for 75 hard? But I was like, you know, what recommend, what books I would recommend in general, like to, to improve your life. There's so many out there. Um, and that was even like last year when I was really hooked on, um, love yourself, like your life depended on it by Kamal Robert Kant. And it's so it's so, it's so, what hooked me was that coming from a male perspective, like there's not a lot of males out there that are vulnerable enough to tell their story. And it was like everything I had already told you women and men in the beginning of the self-love effect podcast. And then he was saying on his own words. And I was like, see, I'm not crazy. It does work. Like if we do the mirror effect with the mirror rule and we go stand in the mirror and talk to ourselves, like, Literally, your reflection is supposed to be your best friend, not somebody you slap your face, you know, you slap your face or you sit there and pick apart what you don't like. Like, what what do you love? What what can you um, learn to love? You know, you're not going to always love yourself. And I think that's another misconception of self-love is that we have to love every part of us. We have to accept every part of us, like accept in a way where we're okay with our body looking a certain way. We're okay with our, you know, um, you know, me being the itty titty, itty bitty titty committee. Like I'm okay with that. Like I, I, I'm okay. I don't, I don't need a size Z F double G boobs to go throughout my life to love myself. You know, it's, it's, it's so much misconceptions out there. Like do your own research. There's lots of books too, but well, and everybody has a different perspective. Yes. So something that you read that may have like sparked off all of this light bulb for you may yeah. not for me because right. it just isn't that thing. So keep trying, mm-hmm. like, especially when I was going through sobriety, I read tons of different things. Like mm-hmm. some people like quit like a woman. I didn't like it. I just, I just didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. But alcohol explains loves that book. Um, it was just eye opening for me. So it just really is dependent on how, what triggers you and yeah. what experiences you've gone through. And right. so, um, keep trying. And I think there's yeah. an audio book now. So if you don't like to read, a lot of people don't yeah. like to read, um, yeah. but you can listen to it. It's, right. it's, it's like a podcast. You just yeah. listen. I like listening to all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, um, sometimes I'll listen to this podcast when I'm on my runs and, you know, <laughs> just kind of cruising and you get lost in it. And that's what, is so wonderful, but yeah, we definitely need to, um, focus on our story and not worry about anyone else. Like I shouldn't be worrying whether or not, you know, you like me or someone else likes me. If they don't like me, that's their problem. Like I like me. So too bad for you. You Yeah. Amen. It's right. It's you're the only person that needs to validate yourself. You don't need external validation. That is, a whole nother topic (laughs) because, you know, external validation is still very high form of how people view themselves in life and how they will live their life. And especially now more so because of social media. And I was, uh, 
got a notification this morning that Miles created a social media account. And I'm like, what does a 13-year-old need social media for? Like, this is the problem is that so many kids have access to everything and then they start to believe they need to look a certain way, be a certain way, and ask for validation. And so, like, even now with my social media, like, there was that reel that somebody had created and I thought it was great. I was like, I got to do that. When it was like the transition, I don't got time for that. I don't got time for makeup. Like what you see is what you get. Like this is, this is who I am. If you might not vibe with me and that's okay. But the problem is how can you vibe with someone when it's social media, you're not even in front of them. Like human beings, you don't even know what someone's like story is like, you know, and if someone's not willing to put their highlight reel and just tell the truth, like that should spark something in you that you should be yourself too. Like it's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to have laundry on the floor. It's okay to have the dishes not done. It's okay to have not swept today. It's just okay. Like be yourself and own who you are. And that's what matters is being authentic, being unapologetic and just showing up as you owning who you are, regardless of how you feel today without looking for external validation, without seeking approval, because you need to protect yourself and your energy. And that's all that matters. I agree with you. Boom. Mic drop. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. And then Mike's going to come yelling at me. Oh my gosh. But is there anything else you want to share with us in regards to your self-love journey and your self-healing and just your journey in, you know, in general, like anything on your heart that you want that you might not have said, or you, you know, wish to share before, you know, we end the podcast. (laughs) No, you know what? I think, I think that's it. Just, you know, every day is a new day, you know, God blesses us with a new day. And so if we mess up or make a mistake or trip up, like give yourself grace. We are human. We're not perfect. The only person that's perfect is Jesus. And, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so I, now I won't achieve that. And we shouldn't have to. Right. You know, I'm I'm me. My husband loves me. My girls love me. You know, and I'm getting to the point where I love me. Yeah. And I think that is the most important. I'm just going to wake up and be me. And, right. you know, if yeah. others don't like it, then. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs> Seriously, you guys. Protect your energy. What's that real I did this morning is, um, oh my gosh, what did I say? That you protect your energy, protect yourself, but let me see over here. Oh, that it is, hold on. It's poor spiritual hygiene to give everybody access to you. Access to you is a privilege. You got to treat it like it's golden and it is golden. You decide who you let in your life. You decide how you let people treat you. So start treating yourself and the way you want to be treated by others, because that is going to set the tone. If someone don't treat you right and you don't like it, close the door. And I say this to my sister. She tells me, honestly, I got to give it up to my dad. And I've said it over and over on this podcast, but he is the most self-confident person I've ever met. And he's been through a lot of shit in life. He's gone through a lot of darkness. He's came on the other side, successful entrepreneur for 22 plus years. And I never understood why he walked in a room not giving a shit. And now I understand why, because he protected himself first and his energy because he knew he would be a better, he would be a better husband. He would be a better father. And now father, father, and now he's a better grandfather for it. 
So really it's about protecting you and your energy. You decide. And so walk into that room, not trying to be better, but trying to be yourself. And I promise you, you'll inspire those around you. People will gravitate to you because they're going to be like, I want what that person has. Like, what, what's your secret? My secret? That I'm myself. I live for me, myself, and I. And because I do so, I am better for those around me. And that is a secret. And if someone don't treat you right, and if you feel that black magic or that negativity, block them, shut them out, let them judge you, whatever, but do not let it hinder your growth. And that is the problem so many of us have is that we allow other people to hinder our growth, block them. Look, there's a tab on Instagram and Facebook, and I don't know about Twitter, I'm sure too. Every social media has a little settings and you go and it says block. It's really easy. You just click it and you click it and you do not feel any guilt. Stop shaming yourself for trying to be a better person. If people are not allowing you to be better every single day, you got to go hit that block button. I promise you, or filter out, clean your Instagram too. That helps. So, but Miss Bethany, I always ask everybody to end with a quote. And I'm sure if you need to take a few minutes to say your favorite quote, you can, you can look for it. But um, I, I know I don't warn anybody and I haven't done this for a long time. As you guys know, the beginning of this podcast was kind of like, uh, I was really nervous. Like I always get nervous. You guys, you don't even know. Like, actually I know mine because I use hers all the time. Okay. So yeah. So I'll <laughs> let her say the quote right now, but seriously, like you should see me trying to hype myself up over here. Going, I only had to restart once, but seriously, um, I love and appreciate you guys, but let's have Bethany share her quote. So I love Eleanor Roosevelt's nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. And I say that to my students all the time. And it's something that I've really tried to put into play in my life because I think it's super important. I love that. I love that. I love that quote. And it's absolutely a hundred percent correct. And you guys just have to continue living for yourself, striving to be the best you. And Bethany, I'm so proud of you to see your growth. Uh, Thank you for allowing me inside your life, not just today, but for the last few months since August. So what do we got? August, September, October, November, December. Oh, and thank you, Miss Cora. Um, Your mom can fast forward through this whole podcast to get to here. But thank you, Cora, for coming up to me randomly at jujitsu practice telling me that your mom does and your dad do street parking because that is the reason why I started talking to her parents in the first place because I was decked out in street parking swag last year in November last no like two years ago in November and uh, she ran up to me and I was like what like oh man I felt like really like awkward (laughs) and I was like okay and then I looked around I didn't see anybody and then I looked to my left and I was like oh that's her parents hi and ever since then it sparked a conversation and then a friendship so Miss Cora keep doing your thing I'm very proud of you too for working out with your mommy but um you too Emma and but I'm so proud of you Bethany for the growth and just for allowing me to be part of your life and your journey and I cannot see I cannot see I cannot wait to see what life has in store for you what God has in store for you because I believe that you being vulnerable enough not just here on this podcast but with those around you your students you're changing lives you're making a difference every single day and trust me this is just the beginning this is how it starts vulnerability is strength and you're giving others the key into what can change their lives forever 
So thank you for being on the Self Love Effect. Thank you so much. For <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, guys, we love you. We'll talk to you soon. Happy Motivational Monday. I hope this, you know, lit a fire up in your, I don't even know how to say that. With I should probably not cuss anymore. You could see who's the bad apple and who's the good apple. Obviously, I'm the one with the potty mouth, but I hope this podcast lit a fire in you to be the best, not in your asshole, but be the best you ever. You guys don't listen to me, okay? But no, I really hope this Motivational Monday helped you. And if you're struggling, please go seek help. Know that you are not alone and there's other people suffering um, and that have suffered and have been in your shoes and know that they are rooting for you every single day. We are rooting for you. Do not be embarrassed to seek help. You are not less than. It is okay not to be okay, but please go do what is needed to become the best version of you. We love you. Thank you guys. And as always, do something today that will make the world a better place. All right, guys, let me drop you off some discount codes. First on the list, if you have not heard so already, I am a first form coach and advisor on the first form app. Okay, Miss Bethany is one of my transformers. And so join us as well on our Facebook community page that is open for free to all of you self-love effect listeners. The link is in the synopsis of this podcast. But if you are ready to start your journey, you can add me as your advisor on the self-love effect app. And if you're interested in any of their supplements, the link is also in the synopsis. You can ask me any questions you like when it comes to supplementation. Do not hesitate to ask. I am here to help you, not just on this journey, but to answer any questions you have. All right, guys. And second on the list is Born Primitive. If you have not done so, go get your hands on some Born Primitive gear. They are veteran owned and very humanitarian. I cannot think of a better company to support you can use the link in my bio on social media and the link in the synopsis that automatically saves you 10% off. So there's no actual code. The code is automatic at checkout. It is applied on its own. Next is Maven Threads. Get yourself some Maven Thread headbands using Self Low Effect 15. Stop tearing. Use Wad and Done grips. Give your hands a break. It's been almost two years I have not torn I have very slight calluses, but I enjoy doing push-ups, butterflies, toes to bar without having to tear or the frustration of having to stop because I have torn. Get yourself some wad and done. I love this company as well as all its members use Treasures 10 at checkout. And I really wanted to give a shout out to, um, oh my goodness, Mane and Tail. Sorry, Mane and Tail. Mane and Tail just sent me some brand new products they just released. I have been using Mane and Tail since high school. My aunt was using them as a kid on her horse. And um, well, her horse's hair is still beautiful because she still uses it on her horses in Little Rock, California. But I love Mane and Tail. It leaves my hair. My hair is like jet black, thanks to my dad and grandfather. But I love the way it leaves my hair feeling silky and just smooth. So you guys have asked me numerous times, what is my secret? Well, it's not a secret. I use Mane and Tail. So head on over there on their social media pages. Give them your love and support. And then last but not least, we have the self-love effect shop. Get yourself some self-love effect podcast apparel, support the podcast. 
And um, you can use checkout using self-love effect at checkout. So I just repeated myself. But last but not least, you guys, if you have gained anything from this podcast, please leave a review. That is how we grow organically. Please share, like, and subscribe and continue to give me your feedback because it is appreciated. I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing your stories. And if you guys have need anything from me, you guys have any questions, please do not hesitate to email me at Desiree at selfloveeffect.com. I love you guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.